All right, you are listening to Addicts in Recovery. This is your three favorite hosts on Recovery Talk. I am Zach, and I am an addict. I am Mike, I'm an alcoholic. And I am Kevin, I'm an alcoholic. We are here to basically talk recovery. Yeah, that's our mission. Our goal is to spread that uh, positivity that you're not alone, that you can do this. There's hope out there for the addict and, and normies out there that they're is a a better side of this reach out we have plenty of platforms that you can reach us on uh insta mike knows what's up find us on instagram uh addicts recovery a-i-r we're going to be keeping you updated on all of our current episodes and positivity and thoughts and ideas and uh updates on what we're doing We also want to know what is your feedback. I mean, how do we sound? What do you want to hear or talk about? Um, Do you have any questions or like any specific topics that would that you want to want us to talk about? Give us some subjects that you want to hear us talk about. Exactly. And then you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, literally any iTunes, iTunes, any anything. If it has a podcast, (laughs) we're on it now. You'll find us. All right, this week we are going to be talking about emotions. We got some advice from some people and are and basically I think this was a very good uh topic, emotions of kind of feeling ups and downs and why they are important and how to deal with them the correct way. Mm-hmm. Is there if there is a correct way? I don't know. Is there a correct way? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 guess I know dealing I know dealing with them at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that I've definitely dealt with my emotions in uh, very good ways and obviously extremely negative ways, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think we're all a little guilty of that, but it's definitely, I feel like it's hard to kind of identify your emotions and like be able to be like, what's okay, what's not okay, and take it like one, almost one emotion at a time, you know, kind of compartmentalize it and I don't know massage it out work it out what do you think kevin well i think uh a lot of us especially like in our using years we we used to uh to cover up our emotions completely i know i did i've always been a pretty emotional person at least i've been told and and now that i've sobered up i can completely tell that at least to me i feel like i have more emotions Maybe not more emotions, but stronger emotions than than a lot of my other friends. At least it it seems like that to me, you know. So I'm not sure. Like sometimes I've asked the question of did I start using and like the the chemical effect because it actually uh, kind of toned down my emotions. I didn't have to feel so strongly about things. Um, some people tell me that I'm a pretty sensitive guy and I, I have to, uh, I have to agree. So, uh, I feel like I can get my, uh, my feelings hurt easier than another guy. I even remember, um, thinking, you know, wow, I wish I could like shut off, uh, hard feelings. Like it appears that somebody else does, um, but, you know, I, I don't know if that's true or if they just, uh, 
look on the outside like they're handling it better, you know, like maybe they're a little more trained in the art of uh, emotional response. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think some people handle handle their emotions better than others, um, especially because they say when you're using or, or drinking or using, and especially if you start at a young age, they they say that your emotional maturity stops when the habitual addiction begins. So there's a lot of people that are in their 50s who have been using for the last 30 years, and so they're only, I mean, they're only as mature as a 20 year old emotionally. And so they're not as, as good at handling their emotions because they're not used to having emotions because they've been drowning them for 30 years. But in comparison to other people who have, maybe say they picked up you know, drinking or using later on and then stopped in, I don't know, a reasonable amount of time, I guess, they would have an easier amount of time or an easier time processing their emotions than the other person would. And so I think that I really think that it's not necessarily, um, I don't think it's necessarily a gift as much as it is just like a, a, a skill, right? That people learn throughout their lives. But if you're drinking and if you're using and you're cutting all of your you know, emotions off, how are you gonna, how would you know how to process them? I mean, just working in a treatment center, I've seen like 60 year old men act like toddlers Right. On a regular <clears throat> basis. I mean, this isn't just like... Like you're blown away. Like, yeah. They really said that? Exactly. Right. And, the, and, and the reason isn't because they are toddlers. Well, it, they're not physical toddlers, but they are emotional toddlers because they've never learned how to deal with their emotions um, without drugs or alcohol. And so they have to sit and process them. But I, I think the question is, how do you? How do you process those? You know, like... It's, I'm glad that you like brought up that whole kind of scenario. I, I've often, uh, just because I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd, but I've often uh, brought up my experience of sobriety to the movie The Matrix. Um, to me, it's 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 just like that. It's, it parallels that movie, that whole that whole storyline really well. But there's a scene in in The Matrix where Neo's laying on the bed, and he says. Um, why do my eyes hurt? And the guy looks over the top of him and he says, because you've never used them before. <laughs> and, you know, and of course to him, he thought he had used them his entire life. But right. He was like sealed in a cocoon and, you know, and, um, and he didn't realize that he wasn't actually using his real eyes. <clears throat> and I've often thought, wow, that's, that's just like me and my emotions. You know, I mean, I was drunk for... I don't know, 35 years. <laughs> so when I sobered up, like there's a, there's a saying, and I think I've said it on, on one of these shows before, but it's um, the best part about sobering up is that you get your emotions back. And the worst part about sobering up is you get your emotions back. Yeah. And uh, cause you have to relearn them all over again. You know, it's kind of like relearning to walk on legs that you already thought, you know how how they worked yeah it's it <clears throat> it's tough like i've been really kind of reminiscing like and kind of thinking about this past year i'm like five or six days away from hitting my year mark of sobriety right now and uh i've been like kind of thinking of all this positivity that's happened this past year and and 
and I've definitely can say my emotions probably have been more out of balance this last year than they have been for a while because I was so used to using alcohol as such a crutch to help me, you know, sort through my life day to day. And I mean, there's been times where I've been like very high emotion, very low emotion, like wanting to like just spit out everything to people that are around me of exactly how I'm feeling. And I'm like, am I, am I sharing too much information? Is this like too much that they need to know is where's like the fine line. And you know, I've, and I, it's, it's definitely been a, a, a different change. And then on the other end, I can see people kind of asking me, making sure that I'm okay. And they're like, wow, man, you're talking a lot about this one topic. Like, are you, are you okay? But I definitely think this last year of, uh, it's, it's been hard, you know, it hasn't been just, I quit drinking and it's just been a fun year, you know, it's, uh, it's trying to like really take it for what it is, taking that one emotion of being sad, for example, or being happy, for example, and being able to kind of ride that out and kind of taking it for what it is. And I don't want to write it out. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> it is though, right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I would drink or yeah. you know, that's why I'd get high. I don't want to write right. that out. But it's such, it's like such, it's such like a harder process though to like, to take the higher road, if you want to call it the higher road, like or the better road to do this, it, uh, it's, it's so much easier to, in my opinion, just to be like, yeah, screw it. Where's the beer? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I think the question is how do we gauge, well, there's so many questions and I've already said, I think the question is <laughs> how do we, um, how do we gauge what emotion we're feeling? Nobody knows. Okay. <laughs> no. So- <laughs> I think it's a great question. It's it's, it it's almost one of those questions. It's like you really, really have to think about it. It's like, you know. So I can get, I can find myself, um, I can find myself walking around throughout the day with my shoulders shrugged up so high and I'm so tense that, I mean, my shoulders are basically to my ears, right? And I'm kind of got this hunch over me and I, I and I, everything is tense and tight and, uh, I, I have to, I like, I regularly have to ask myself why, what, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Right. And so I have to go and I'll have to take a kind of an emotional temperature almost, which basically I, I'm, I have to stop and just shut everything off and ask myself, okay, what's happening? What is it that's causing me to be this angsty and this tight? Right. And usually it's just like this compounding stress. Cause I'm, I, I get anxiety all the fucking time. Um, but usually it's just compound compounding stress and things like that. Um, but before I, but before I figure that out, like what it is, I have to figure out what it is that I'm feeling. Right. So like the reason that I'm stressed is because of anxiety and I have this anxiety because school is really hard right now, or I just left my job or, you know, whatever it may be. I'm moving to a foreign country. Oh, um, slightly stressful. Right. And so I have to I have to gauge where I'm at and I can usually do that by my body language. Like how tense am I? Or how uh maybe how how much do I just not give a fuck? Mm-hmm. And so I'll just sit on the couch, right? And then and that's really solid body language of where I am at emotionally. So not, I like that 
so I, one thing I've been learning to do is being able to learn how to gauge other people's emotions. That's been helpful for me as well. Like for example, a lot of times I would listen to my little kids and they would be telling me something and I would just kind of like brush it by, you know, like it's not that important. Like for example, my youngest son, not youngest, like that's so weird to think. I have a five month old, but the middle child now, he, uh, he did not want to go to do swimming lessons anymore. He didn't like it. And we were like, now you're doing swimming lessons. This is what you need to do. And he was gen- generally like upset with to my wife and I in the kitchen, but we were still just like, no, let's go eat breakfast. You're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I finally like thought about it and I thought, you know what? I had that same type of feeling as well uh, at times. Maybe it's not swim lessons, but it's like, maybe I don't want to go to work or maybe I don't want to drive somewhere, go do this or pay this bill or whatever. And I, so I put myself in his shoes and I thought, that is a real feeling because it's coming out of his mouth. So I have to recognize that, accept that even though he's three and then ask him about it. So I like got onto his level and I was like, Hey, I know you don't want to go to swim lessons. Like what's up? Why don't you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And he came up with this, like just a simple explanation. He just one, he doesn't like being cold in the pool in the morning, you it's know, understandable. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> And he just, he was kind of afraid, you know, he didn't have his life jacket anymore. And he, so I told, and he, he specifically was naming the actual lifeguard's name as well. So I like looked at my wife and I said, can you do me a favor? When you go to the swimming pool in the morning, and obviously my son was listening to this too. I said, when you go to the swimming pool and drop him off, can you talk to the lifeguard in front of our child and like, let's work this out. You know, yeah. so she's like, okay, so they go to, and do their thing. And then he's, he got a little bit more comfortable about it. But I just thought to myself how quickly like us humans just kind of like brush that shit over people's heads. But it's, it's like a whole new level of understanding that I'm trying to gain. That's really helping myself out too of thinking, okay, like I said, if somebody, if it's coming out of somebody's mouth, obviously it had enough merit to be something otherwise they wouldn't have said anything at all yeah so it's been a helpful from well that somebody just texted me sorry <laughs> mike actually just farted <laughs> he sounded <laughs> like one <laughs> guilty no, I'm when when uh hopefully i made sense but i actually think that's like a really made great sense i think that's a really You're a good dad. good point yeah. yeah that's a very good dad thing my dad would be like, suck it up. <laughs> or, you know, he would be like, dad, I'm cold. He'd like push me back into the pool. Yeah. Be cold in there. Uh, it was actually my wife that texted me. She said it's, it's called validation. She's eavesdropping her. Uh, I think my she's... response would be if like my kids said, you know, hey, I'm a, I, I don't want to go into the pool. It's like, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I, I want to go into the pool. I'd be like, you don't feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're about. talking about. Yeah. You're going to have yeah. fun. Get in. Like, <laughs> right. no, but get in. like another short story, we just got back from Disneyland. Same thing. My wife and I had this anticipation in our head thinking our kids are going to love every aspect of it because it's ta-da, Disneyland. Da-da-da. But no, that wasn't the case. We got there and it was like the first hour was okay. And then like they got sweaty and then hot and hungry and tired and want to go home. My wife and I was pissed because the place is like ridiculously expensive. Mickey definitely is out there to get people's wallets. <laughs> and I was like, 
we were looking at each other. And I was like, this is not, you know, I can't do, I'm not going to do this. And then I, we finally like realized, like, okay, they're three and five. Let's be at their level. Let's talk to them what they want to do. My son really wanted to see Moana because he has a crush on her. So we saw Moana uh-huh. and saw Mickey and, you know, did our own little uh, things. But like, it's, it's, it's not easy though. It's definitely, yeah. I mean, my parents didn't do that to me. They yeah. were very much like, this is what you're doing. Right. Jump on the bus. <laughs> you know, when I got sober, uh, I, I don't know what I expected, but I, I thought, um, I thought I was going to quit drinking and quit drugging and make it like, you know, 30, 60, 90 days or whatever. And everything was going to be great from this is, this is literally kind of the expectation I had, um, that everything like, like me and, and it was like a movement because, you know, I, you know, I, I was getting sober and there were the, these other people at these meetings that were getting sober as well. And we were just going to all like right into this golden sunset of, I don't know, joy, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, uh, the, it's, it was like one of those like seventies or eighties sitcoms in my mind where, uh, at the end of the show, like somebody cracks a joke and they laugh and throw back their head and then the scene just freezes right there. Mm-hmm. And then the music and the credits start coming up, you know, it's like a feel good moment frozen in time. I think that's kind of what I expected. I, I never expected life to just continue, <laughs> you know, right. continue to actually be life. Like there's going to be like high times and low times still, you know, I thought it was just going to all be high, high times for forever. Did you guys have a pink and, cloud? Oh, for sure, because I, I was like on it, you know. Really? Because I never. Yeah, had I don't. Oh, the I pink did. Cloud I don't thing. think I did. Like I, it was like a maybe like a very small one, you so know, like for a few minutes. And, for people who are listening that don't know what I'm uh, referring to, the pink cloud they they reference it in uh, I don't know twelve step programs of recovery about kind of being on this I don't know permanent high almost for a while. Well, I mean, I think it's mostly because you feel so accomplished. You like, know? I'm sober. Yeah, it's I like, was, it's, I'm sober. I just made it like 30 days. It kind of reminded me of like when you like graduate high school and you're all like signing your books outside and you're like, hey, man, this summer's me fucking great. Let's I'm so excited to hang out. And then like, <laughs> like hollow as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But like you feel that way. You're like, we did it. We accomplished high school. And, and, and like a week later, you're like, you know, I run into some people now. I'm like, we should hang out sometime. I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. Not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, no, I just I remember I, could, I I see people get this this whole pink cloud feeling, and I never fucking got it. Like I never got it because when I was in treatment, I didn't really want to be there. Yeah, and I did not. I mean, I was such a because I was I was a meth user, right? And so meth has it's like an eighteen month half life or post acute withdrawal symptoms, uh, and it's one of the worst that just really messes with your emotions. Um, and I did not have like any, I mean, it was not, there was not this like, yay, I'm clean. It was like, oh my God, I'm clean. I'm going to die, you know? <laughs> um, or, oh my God, I am sitting at this family function and I feel nothing or I'm, I'm sitting at, uh, I'm sitting anywhere. Like, I mean, there could be like the most spectacular thing ever. And I would look at it and literally feel nothing. Like there was nothing there. Like it was just hollow. So it, it blows me away that people even have like all these great emotions. It took me like a year, maybe a year and a half before I was actually 
I could, I would consider myself a happy person. Yeah. I felt, I felt like happy that I did what I did, but I still felt like lost. Like, is this going to be a, like attainable? Is this mm. going to be like a longevity thing? Am I still going to feel like a prisoner in my own home? Am mm. I still going to be watched? Are people still going to be questioning and wondering what I'm doing? And All very valid fears. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you, and you know, it was my fault. You know, I don't take any response. I mean, yeah, I take responsibility. I don't take, he takes zero I responsibility. <laughs> it was I not, hope Abby's listening right it now. It was not my <laughs> zero fault. Zero responsibility. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. Uh, but I definitely, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like I was like in survival mode for a mm. while and just like, okay. And I was going to IOP and learning stuff and then like dealing with my emotions. And it was, I thought it was a very healthy approach to be able to, um, start to recognize real things. Like, you know, you're, you're I was, I'm married and I have kids and being a dad and, and it was hard to like, I think the, the second day I got back from treatment, I was just panicked, just like telling my wife, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like how, how did I get to this point? And am I ever going to be me again? You know, real, real emotions. Yeah. Fear, man. Solid fear. See, I, I, I did that pink cloud thing for a while and, and, you know, I tell people that are on it, you know, write it, but be careful. Someone told me, uh, like a long time ago, uh, you know, things get weird when you, when you get sober and then, and then they get weirder. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but they do. Yeah. And I think actually, uh, for a time, um, I got kind of depressed. I went on this pink cloud and then I kind of hit like this lull and, you know, hindsight being 2020, like they say that, uh, pain is the touchstone of all growth. Um, that's a really popular saying. I used to hate that saying. That was like, like, it just sounds terrible. But if you didn't feel any pain, you wouldn't move anywhere. You would just stay where you were at all the time because it's comfortable. And I kind of found out like after some time that I feel the most, I don't know, joy, I would say, is actually kind of working through those emotions and making them, making them a little bit stronger or realizing that that going through a tough moment or a tough, you know, emotions like a, a fight with a friend or um, having to make an amends, no matter how uncomfortable it is, you know, I feel a little bit stronger mm-hmm. afterwards. I I guess I that's where I, I feel the most sense of growth as a human being. Uh, maybe character building, you mm-hmm. could call it. Um, just having to, to deal with daily problems and... Uh, um, situations that are uncomfortable and I feel a little bit stronger mm-hmm. after that. I mean, it may sound kind of hokey, but like that's, I sincerely feel that way, you know? I get exactly you? what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think, I think my biggest problem, my biggest problem with my emotions and still to this day, I struggle with this is I get the, I get this line that goes through my head. You shouldn't feel this way. I get that shit all the time. And I get it. It like, all right, I'm going to rat on myself. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. So I, I am like 
innately one of the most sadistic people ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even kidding. So like when <laughs> people are probably we might lose listeners over this. So when there's like a, a mass shooting or something like that that mm-hmm. goes on in society or like some crazy tragic event, I'm the first person to crack a joke about it. Like I mean, it's just right off the bat. Uh, and I have zero shame, like zero shame. But then when it comes to something like, I don't know, I have a fear of, or no, I said something dumb in, there was one time I was in a, it was in one of my classes and I just bullshitted an assignment and I had to go present in front of the class. Well, I was presenting on the same person this other girl was presenting on. And so I go up in front of the class and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I just made all this up and it sounded really good. Okay. And then the girl walks up and she goes, Everything he said was wrong. This is what <laughs> I could not let that go for, I swear to God, two weeks. Mm. I could not fucking let it go. And the whole time I'm like, you shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't feel this way. You just let it go. You just let it go. But there, I mean, this is just these like, you know, you're not good enough emotions or this, you made an ass out of yourself or whatever. Just or like, popping a, or up. like a proving thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And, uh, I had that coming. I had that coming. I mean, I was, I was, I opened the door for it to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, here, come on in, like make fun of me as, or, you know, like make a fool out of yourself, Zach. Yeah. Um, but there's shit like that, that I just cannot let go. Like I, I'll, I'll crack jokes all day about, a, about a mass shooting. <laughs> but when it comes to a, when it comes to just like minuscule shit, um, I can't, I can't let it, let it go. And it, and I have to get, I don't know, man. I have to keep telling myself over and over again. My emotions are valid um, to an extent, right? So I can feel it and it really sucks and I can live in it, but I can only allow myself to do that for so long before it becomes, before it owns me. Um, I, I have seen so many people, actually, I'll just speak for myself. I've done this so many times where I will get caught up in an emotion and that fucking thing will own me. I am that emotion. I cannot get out of it. It's almost like a depressive state, I guess, where I cannot get out of it. I can, I can just live in it and live in it. And usually it's like anger. Oh man, like resentments. Fuck, if somebody does me wrong or if I make an ass out of myself, you know, then I'm mad at myself. Um, that shit can own me. And I have to, I have to make a conscious effort and it's like what I said, well, I'm super uptight. I actually have to, I have, I have to make an effort, calm down, yeah. bring it back. You're not owned by this emotion. This happened, whatever it's done. I'm sure that nobody in that entire fucking classroom even remembers what I did. Cause this is, you know, it's just a, a fucking thing. I, I'm sure all of them do. They all went home and they laugh about it every single night. The problem. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, at least you gave him that. Yeah. You, like, give him a little joke or something. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, and then I get like all these lines in my head, you know, I got to get my shit together. You know, why can't you stop this? And la da da da. da. And, and in reality, it's just, that's just how emotions are. They're fucking strong and they beca- can become really controlling. Really yeah. And quick. I think, and I think they like, they can be really dangerous. Fuck yeah. You know, I, that's what I think about it with, with, in my own, uh, in my own story of, I've always been a person who, uh, sought very highly 
not so much of myself, but I cared more about what other people thought of me, you know? So I would kind of chameleonize myself into groups and settings and things. Like I remember in high school, uh, you have like a, I was, I was a good student. I got good grades, but I wasn't like a four O student. And I'd hear like stories of my friends being like, yeah, you know, I'm in like honors this. And I'd be like, so why am I not in honors? You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> why, what should I do to, and like, why did I even care? Cause I was already getting like a good enough grade. It was like, it was high school. Who gives a shit? If I could go back into high school now, I would go, I'd be way better off, <laughs> way better off. <clears throat> but I would do like the opposite. Like I'd go to the canceling office office and I like sit in there and like hash it out with my counselor being like, Hey, I need to be in the honors class. And he's like, they're like, well, you know, you're getting like a B plus a minus, you know, ish and those and in your class, I don't, this might stretch you. And I was like, Nope, I need to do it. And I like would be so good at like convincing people and like mm-hmm. changing their mind to it. It was like so sick. And like, then all of a sudden they'd come back and be like, okay, we're going to put you in the class. And then eventually like, I was getting like a B minus into this honors class or C, <laughs> C, you know, mostly B's, but <laughs> It was just like a really dumb thing. And like, I've struggled with that of like, and I was like just showing it to like the people around me. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm taking this honors class and, mm. and it like really had no point to it. Insecurities are a bitch. Yeah. Man. And it was, and insecurity sp- is an emotion. It, it is. Fuck. Yeah, it is. It and just, it fucking hate, does crazy things to people. Yeah. It just mm. like, it self consumed me, controlled me into that way where it was just like, for what, you yeah. know? And for the look, bro. Yeah, I know. For Duh. the look. I needed to have that. Yeah. So what do we do when we when we like have those kind of emotions? Like that's 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 what I was taught. Um is well, what I was taught is what I meant to say, is that uh that's why we get a, a sponsor. Like you mm. know, kind of as soon as as soon as we feel comfortable about it, which hopefully is sooner rather than later. You should, rather, you should probably get one before you feel comfortable about it. Well, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is, uh, that's someone we can call. It's kind of like, I, I, I go through those kind of things much less, you know, now that I've got some time on me, but at the beginning I used to get stuck in the thing in my head, you know, uh, like you said, you get kind of stuck like in a hole. Yeah, you know, like a pit, like a loop, like a yeah, a loop. Yeah, exactly. Either a loop of resentments, and we should probably talk about those. But um, is to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. So, what I found is even when I, when I didn't really want to talk about what it was I was going through, it's pretty much the last thing I wanted to talk about, actually. But it's the right thing. It is. So what what I would do is you know just calling another alcoholic or another addict and just hearing their voice sometimes on the phone, just like them picking up the phone and saying hello was enough to knock me off of that, Mm. that loop. And, you know, especially if I was going through some kind of like resentment episode and, you know, maybe we ought to talk about or what a resentment is. There's, there's a couple of different things that, yeah, there's a couple of different things that can that can really uh, cause someone to to relapse. And in the in the big book of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, it actually talks about anger being, you know, the number one repeat offender mm-hmm. um, of why someone would want to go out. Um, they call it um, what is it? 
the something to the effect of a dubious luxury for normal people, mm-hmm. um, but not for us. And so we try to avoid it. And this by doing step work with a sponsor, um, and you know, educating your, yourself about it, we literally tried to avoid anger. We try to correct situations and problems as they come as quickly as possible to sort of diffuse um, any uh, any avoidable um, happening or occurrence or something. Yeah, but so so at that point it becomes a it becomes like a new way of life. Sure, exactly. And that's like the whole goal. Right. Is to be able to, something happens to you, what do you do? Right, exactly. One of the things that I would do to uh, get out of kind of that, I guess, tail spin mm-hmm. or the, the, the loop mm-hmm. is, and I found... They also call it head running. Yeah, head running. Uh, really, it's, yeah, resentments is basically the, the big one. But so that when I'm stuck in that loop, I have found a lot of things to do and a lot of things not to do. So you know how uh, when there's this saying that's uh, it's it's hit the showers. You know you've had like a bad day or whatever else, and then I like, get out of here, hit the showers. Okay, I cannot fucking take a shower when I'm mad because I will sit in that thing. And I don't know what it is <laughs> about the hot water or the heat or something like that, but I can rerun a situation 400 times in a matter of a five minute shower. And before you know it, this conversation. Well, you know I walked. I was walking down the sidewalk and somebody brushed their shoulder against mine, turned into the motherfucker pulled a 12 gauge on me and you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. smashed my face in when reality doesn't happen. And so there's things that I know not to do, but then there are also things I know to do. Um, One of the things that I I really work on doing is distracting myself because for me, time does help. I just have to get away from the moment. And so I'll go out and I'll go, I'll go climbing or I'll go distract myself with a friend, right? Call somebody and say, um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it, but then I've got to remember to just change, you know, come back to center because that is a vulnerable, any emotion, any emotion that a person is, uh, an addict is feeling that's not just kind of centered makes them vulnerable, right? So I, I'll, I consistently have to like make sure, okay, if I'm caught up, if I'm whatever, I've got to be doing something. I've got to go distract myself. I've got, I can't do this because this will make it worse. So I need to go you know, do this instead. And I, I take certain steps to get away from where I'm feel, what I'm feeling. Um, not necessarily, I mean, I felt it, right? But it's not necessarily to avoid the feeling. It's to avoid the feeling from taking over. Sure. And then... From there, I can then kind of center myself and come back because, like, I've heard this so many times, and it's, you know, anger is it's one of them. Emotions make you vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And at any point in time, whether you're on cloud nine, you're happy as hell, because what happens is, oh, I'm feeling great. I'm so happy. I could drink. That's fine, right? Or if you're, you know, mad, fuck it. I'm going to drink. I'm pissed. Um, and anywhere in between, can can cause somebody to to go back out. This is a really good topic, guys. Well, yeah, like, but if you think, of, <laughs> no, it is it's a great this topic. Is I a love really it. Really good topic. Because like this, <laughs> this thought came into my head is that like, it's always going to be part of our life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're always going to have this kind of fluctuation where it's going up and down, and like, some days are better than others, some days are worse than others. 
you know, and like, for example, um, a really good tool that like my dad, who's also my boss taught me, um, cause there's times in the, in the construction world that people say really, really dumb shit to you. And it really, really makes you mad. And they're like trying to flex on you and show that you're there right. And who's wrong and making, you know, mitigating and figuring out what the problem is. And I mean, that's really like what my job description is. It's like a problem solver. And my dad taught me like a really cool thing to do and to kind of take my emotion out of things. Say for example, I get like a bad email and there's somebody who's trying to like prove something that they, that we did something wrong. and, And I know clearly that they're wrong out of it. There's times like I'll just start like blowing up my keyboard and start typing this like, you know, pissed off. What are you doing? Da, 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 da. I'm like, Hey dad, come read this. And he's just like laughing. He's like, he can't send that. <laughs> and I'm like, why not? And he's just like, well, first of all, what you need to always keep in mind in the business world is that, uh, you can't ever use like the words I like, I feel like this is a problem or I feel this should be this way. Or I feel that he says you're, as you're speaking as a, as a whole of a company, it's we, or the company name. This is how we feel as the problem and be able to, because at that point you eliminate your own emotion out of it. And then you're, then you start to kind of build from there. So as soon as I started, like I literally went through the whole email, just erased all the eyes and put we in it or like our company name in it. And I reread the email and already it sounded like a hundred times better. I was like, Hey, (laughs) I'm not that big of a dick than I thought I was. And then you started to kind of fix a little bit more and then I like read it again. I was like, geez, this is actually pretty good. And I like sent it to the people and then they wrote back and, and my dad was like, you're not going to ever get like the, always the answer or always the result back from people. It's never going to happen. So just, just come to the understanding that that's never going to be what you th- want it to be. Sometimes it works out that way, but most of the time it doesn't. But he says in the long run, if you keep that, sustain that higher road, you come out on top no matter what. And in this situation, I did. It was like, I mean, there was like a 70-year-old architect that was just like just saying the most heinous shit about stuff. And at the very end, like the owner that actually is the one who really does matter of the whole thing, he like was he was like, man, you know, you really handled these situations a lot better than I would have. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, believe me, that was not my first instinct. You should have read my couple of my first eat my go-to is my, my <laughs> you know, but... I, I, it's so easy just to like get, you know, like get caught up in all caps and an email and just be pissed and trying to prove something to somebody. And I feel like when you do take that road, people, people know, even though you're not intentionally doing it, people know that you are that type of person. They can like read through you. They can see it. They're like, okay, this person's kind of, kind of a bitter, pissed off, whatever, trying to, and I think it's a very like unhealthy way. You know, so I, I am happy my dad actually is teaching me something in that way because it's, it's not easy at all. It's very hard. That's really cool. Dealing, dealing with people sucks sometimes. It does. It really does. And to operate, like, so working with people, this is a really good part, a really good talk about emotions is not taking your emotional baggage with you, right? So there was one thing that I used to always do, um, and... And that was before I got to work, I would run kind of this inventory. So I would tell myself, all right, what are you worked up about today? What are you not worked up about today? What are you taking into work? And there have been several times that I've gone in because I've worked with people for 
I mean, like people in some type of institution for like the last four years, right? And so there have been several times that I've gone in with a chip on my shoulder about something else and then look out because they know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I'll walk in there and then somebody will sneeze and I'll be like, don't you fucking sneeze in my direction. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, they're, they're, they have their hands up like I'm pointing a gun at them. You right. know? Oh, my. Um, but it's, it's I, have, I have these mo- these these moments where I can do that, where I will not control my emotions like I should. And so I have to go through this kind of process of, who who am I at this moment? Am I am I caught up Zach who's worried about you know school or worried about home or whatever else, or am I am I here to help these people? Um, and I have to I have to regauge myself and kind of recenter what it is you know what my purpose is. Um, there have been so many times throughout this last year of trying to get my visa stuff put together for school, and. Man, I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk uh, bad about people, but people are idiots. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's just be honest. And so they're they're not idiots. They just they do things that sometimes you're just like, why did you do that? And I've been so because this visa process, should, the whole thing started a year ago, and I literally found out that I was going to to be able to go. Everything was finished. Two weeks before I leave, okay? A year-long process. And so, and then just the level of stress that came with that, it took every ounce of energy for me not to be sending emails with like, I know where you live. Right. I know I'm where gonna you sleep. I'm going to find you. I literally <laughs> thought about strangling you in your sleep last, in your sleep last <laughs> night. Um, and instead, holding back, and I actually say this in the, um, the Night Step Promises in the AA, um, you used to, or you suddenly know how to handle situations which used to baffle you, uh, and that's exactly what that's exactly how I do it is by stepping away from that emotion, stepping away and going, okay, I can't threaten to strangle the guy, I can't threaten to kill his dog, and I can't kill his wife, <laughs> so it looks like I'm gonna have to be civil about this because he has what I need, or because I I have. I mean, even a reputation, I guess, to uphold. And by letting my emotions run wild to a point where I can't, or where it taints that, I guess, uh, is, is not the person that I want to be. It's not the person that I want to be. It's not the person, it's not the reason I got, I got clean. Um, the reason, one of the main reasons why I intentionally got clean was because I couldn't control my emotions. Right. So I'm clean now. I'm not going to let that shit dictate what I'm doing. And by doing that, yeah, especially in emails, man, I can write one savvy goddamn email, (laughs) like some serious professional shit. And I say that, you know, professional shit. And, uh, and, and I, a lot of times I do those emails out of spite, just because I, I'm so pissed off about something, but then I'll write it all professional and be like, yep, screw you, bro. I win. I win. This thing deserves an award because it was a great email. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. is separating emotions from day-to-day stuff, which is exactly kind of what you were talking about, yeah. like work. It's yeah. hard. Mike's company is highly emotional and they're very aggressive. <laughs> Just Mike's company, though. Just, just us. Yeah, just, no, it's nobody just else. Them. Nobody else yeah. does deals with this type of stuff. Just right, them. Kevin. Right. 
<laughs> he's rolling his eyes at me. He's like, <laughs> right, Mike. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I got a question for you. Go for it. You guys ready for this? Oh, mm-hmm. God. Deep question. I don't know. Is it like the question that I knocked out? Because you guys went blank last time. But this one, you guys might go blank that was too. That's a scary question. This, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, I'm actually kind of reading some of these notes off of this thing I was reading earlier today. And it says, why do feelings have to be so painful? And why do some of them have to last so long? Wow. That's a... It's kind of a different, we're switching gears, I'm obviously, but I think about that though. We went into some serious, like philosophical stuff. I would have to, Kevin's over there trying not to laugh. Um, Sorry if you guys are throwing, I'm just, I, I really like it though. It really makes you think. Yeah. It really does make you think. I, I think. Like, for example, for me, like with this whole drinking thing, like it's like I've had a year of thinking. I call it like a year of thinking because I've been clear minded this entire time. Has it been a year already? Next week. Oh, my God. That is just nuts. What day? 13th. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like a couple days away. Wow. So I've been like really like thinking about it because like about last year at this point was not good, especially this coming weekend. It was not good. It was a really, really bad weekend. And so I'm just like kind of piecing everything back together. But I'm thinking I still have like a lot of pain, like in areas of shit that I did, things that I said, people that I hurt. Um, Guilt, shame. Yeah. Just like there's still a lot of it that's like not like, I mean, I feel like a lot of it, the rake has been kind of covering over some stuff. It's not like all super exposed. I haven't said sorry to some, some people. I'm just not ready for that yet, you know? I I'm getting closer to, um, some people I have, but like, I just, some, some mornings, like I wake up, I'm just like, man, I am a shitty person. I still get that. Mm. And I'm just like, but why do I feel like such a shitty person? What did I do to become such a shitty person? And then I always do like what this trick is. And I, and I've like, I'm saying, cause I've really been focusing on this and it says to really kind of, kind of counterbalance with all of the positive that's going on in your life to kind of help you feel like, okay, what really is around you? Okay. You have a shirt on your back. You have a shower in the morning to take, you can drink coffee. You, you have a car, you have a job. You, you start to kind of do the simpler shit that kind of builds you up a little bit, but the, some of those other ones, they just, the longevity of it, like I just like, I'm thinking in my head, does it ever go away? Will it ever go away? I keep hitting my mic. Um, so I don't, I, that's one thing that for me, like it's, why does it need to be so painful? Why does it need to last so long? Like, am I ever going to be at that level where I'm like, I'm over it, you know? You know, I, I, I have a, a response to that you I don't know if you would like it or not but, yeah that's great um to me <clears throat> that sounds like not doing step work at all yeah <laughs> I, I know <laughs> <clears throat> there is uh in in the 12 steps um of AA which is kind of the basis of all 12 step programs well I mean it, it's not kind of it literally is um there's uh, a step in there which is uh you know, make you're making a list of people that you've offended, um, or the people that you have hurt, um, transgressions, so to speak. And 
then there's the next step, which is, um, or, you know, kind of finding your part in all that, that kind of a thing. And then there's another, there's another step, which is making amends to those people. And you literally, to me, you know, the way I look at it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a form of time travel. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm like far out there in my views of the way I think about that stuff, like the matrix and time travel and stuff. <laughs> it kind of sounds Kevin like it to me sometimes. Things, I do. It's real. But anyway, so he is real. He is real. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, you're, what, what you're doing is, is it's called cleaning, cleaning up your side of the street so that you don't feel that way. You don't wake up in the morning and have these resentments going on in your head and, or resentments uh, against yourself. And I'm going to take a second and I'm going to explain how I was told what a resentment was because it was like a huge eye-opener for me. I had no idea that for all these years I was living in resentments and I had no idea. I mean, I it literally that, was my reality. I remember the day that you remember that you that was dawned on you. I I, I had no <laughs> I, I had no idea. That day. The walls of my 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 reality were literally based on active resentment, and <clears throat> I remember one day, I um you know I was told to to make a list of resentments, which is, and I was like I I don't I don't know exactly what a resentment is like i i'm or who you have them against or, and, yeah because yeah. i i you know I, I always thought you know i i'm i'm a really nice guy i really don't hold grudges you know that's kind of i thought a grudge kind of was a resentment and it turns out that literally um the word resentment means to refeel and <clears throat> so it's kind of like zach was saying and a little bit earlier about he plays a scenario over and over in his head 115,000 times within a 10 minute shower. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's literally, so say you have an argument with somebody, say it's like you and a girlfriend or you and your wife or something to that effect. And there's an argument and something said that like suddenly like hurts you and, and you kind of take it to heart and you're angry about it. And then, you know, the argument's over um, and you kind of have a bad day after that and you think about it a little bit and whatever and, and then it goes away and the next day, you know, everything's okay. Well, at that point, it's not a resentment. Yeah, you got hurt by something, but you kind of let it go or maybe you corrected it in some way. That's, that's not a resentment, even though you may think of it from time to time. A resentment is when something, like, hurts you, um, or you're offended, something, something kind of bad. And, um, and you get stuck on it. So what you do is it's not a resentment yet, but then you think about it and you replay that incident in your head and you literally refeel that pain all over again. You think about it again and maybe, you know, this time you're telling yourself this, you know, you're telling yourself this story and it might, the argument might end a little bit differently. Why didn't it go this way? You know, if only I would have said it this. You know, and 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 you literally play that thought out in your head, and then you play it out in your head again, and now it's become a resentment. You refeel it, and you play it over and over and over like a skipping record. And a lot of people call that head running. And as a matter of fact, you know, 
I started thinking about it and I'm like, wow, I, I did that all the time. And as a matter of fact, I, I think I became really comfortable with it. Um, almost like a sort of sickness where I looked forward to going home, um, you know, drinking my booze and literally just sitting and bathing in my resentments. It became like a, a habit, a, a way of life, really. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what a resentment is. And one way to stop, stop doing, or, you know, stop doing that in your head is you clean up your side of the street. So I used to wake up in the mornings and I swear my resentments were playing on the backs of my eyelids before I even opened my eyes. Ooh, I've had mornings like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, I don't, that doesn't happen to me anymore or it happens much less. How's that? Like much less, like 1% of what it used to be. And then I know that there's something I need to deal with. <clears throat> so what I do is, you know, I make a list of people I've offended and then I, I find my part in that. What was my part in that? And then I make amends. So I clean up my side of the street first, which I, I become approachable. I become a decent human being. Um, and I make, and I make a, a welcoming porch, basically. And, um, and I try to clean up my, uh, or I, I try to make an amends. I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for forgiveness for this person, from this person, although that would be like a great bonus. Right. It's like a but what, what I'm doing is I'm trying to say, is there, I don't have a reason to, you know, I, I don't have a reason for what I did because I wasn't using any reasoning at the time, you know, because um, we were very sick when we were using. But is there anything I can do to make this right? And so I literally try to mend my fences. That takes care of my past, and it also takes care of the fear in the future of, you know, what's going to happen if I don't make this right with this person. I don't want to be walking down like a grocery store uh, aisle and see somebody that I don't want to talk to, and I literally duck out and, like, try to go down another aisle as fast as I can because I haven't made amends with that person. So that's why I call it time travel. I've taken care of my past, and that in itself takes care of my future. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't have to wake up in the morning and say things to myself, um, why am I a shitty person? Right, you know? and it's it's more than like, I mean, like I, it's the last year, his every day is, you know, is progressively getting uh, better. You know, I have clarity when I wake up, and I more focused I'm more honest I'm communicating I'm doing you know me I'm explaining and expressing how I'm feeling and if it's good or bad and dealing with it if it's good or bad uh, but there's still just a lot of part of it that I still just get bugged with of my own self nothing like personally towards people it's it's more of like how much time did I really waste you Residual. know yeah Right. Well, I think there's like, I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about because I go through that same thing. And I, and I wonder if that's because, you know, we're sensitive people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we talked about that with Cindy. Remember when she was on that a lot of alcoholics and addicts are very, very sensitive people. And I wonder if there's like, um, I go through times where I wonder if I'm always going to be in some and I say always going to be because it feels like it's always going to be when you're in the middle of it, right? But sometimes it's very fleeting feeling. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, there's heartache involved. And 
you know, we've talked about it before, but sometimes um, what we need to realize is that we've left an old part of ourselves behind. And I, I wonder if sometimes that feeling is grief, um, like literally grieving for a lost best friend or a lost way of life because you're like developing a new one and basically had to let, let the old one die. Right. You know? So, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of the rationalization for myself that I've come up with. I also think one of the um, good, a good way to, a good way to cope with that. I don't think it ever goes away. Uh, just because maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it shouldn't. Yeah, be. yeah, you're right. But we're we're hard on ourselves, right. right? We are very hard on ourselves, and we are our our own worst critics. Um, the the thing that I have to tell myself, like, I mean, I have no, <laughs> I have no excuse for you know bullshitting my way through a project than making an ass out of myself, right? But I do have, I, I, it's not an excuse, but it's a reasoning for my behaviors of of when I was drinking and when I was using it. And I, I say this all the time. Um, that person, so in, in, in one of my psychology classes, they talked about people act out of their best, of their best instinct, their best nature, right? So people just instinctually act, uh, out of what they think is best in that situation, okay? So me being high or being whatever else, under whatever influence it may be, I acted the way that I acted thinking in that time that that was the best way to act in that situation. I also know that sober, clean me would not do what high me would do and so i have to i have to tell myself this on a regular basis i acted out of the best way i acted the best way i could act however i am not that person i am not the person that's on drugs i'm not the person that's drunk i'm not the person that's feeling those effects anymore so i cannot condemn myself in this moment for what i did a year ago two years ago five years ago whatever it may be um, because that's not who I am. That that was my addiction. That was what my addiction looked like, and that's how it manifested itself, was in doing what I now see as really dumb shit. At that point in time, that's how messed up I was, was I was so messed up that those really dumb things I was doing, I thought, wholeheartedly thought, that was the best thing to do in that situation. And in reality... Obviously it wasn't, but I obviously know now that I can't punish myself for it. And I still get those feelings. I still get times where I'm like, why the hell did you do that? I mean, at what point in time? And I just have to constantly remind myself, that's not who I am. That's who I was. That is not who I am. Isn't there like a thing that says, I cannot judge myself the way I am now for who I was back then. Exactly. Right. right cause I, it's so easy too though. It, it is. I think people get caught in that thing and, and like I really I haven't thought about that but I think I think you are right both of you at some point that it probably is good to, to have some of that still recollection in your head to kind of keep you maybe out of trouble or maybe, maybe to kind of veer you into the right direction. 
Yeah, that's a solid reminder. Right. Like, don't do that shit again. Right. Yeah. Like, you know where it's going to go. Because, like, for me, um, it's not like I sit here and, like, just, like, beat the living shit on myself every single morning. But there's I times. I don't know. You're pretty miserable guy. No, I'm just <laughs> Don't they also say it's okay, to, it's okay to look at your past? You just don't want to stare at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I really, really emphasize on, like, the positivity that surrounds me of, like, okay, man, like, look what happened, you know, because I have a really crazy memory. Like, I always remember, I remember shit, like, when I was, like, five years old. Like, I've always remembered, even when I was, like, as horrible drunk stories that I've had, I still remember, as drunk as I was, I still remember a lot of that stuff, and it wasn't very good. And, but I, I really just try to take it for what it is and learn from it and, and really try to hold in that positivity and not try to like, cause I've seen this a lot with some people I've talked to, um, where they've been struggling with depression or anxiety or stress or whatever. And it's like, they're always trying to kind of like achieve to be able to plateau to like to achieve or accomplish, like they get rid of that depression or anxiety in their life. Like they're trying to get to something, but that something is not really obtainable. There's nothing really there. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're, you're getting rid of some of that, but like the next day brings something else. Mm-hmm. And like to you, your anxiety, your definition is going to be way different than mine and Kevin's and, and same thing with, you know, depression or, or your level of happiness or whatever. And, and I think like everyone has to, it sounds kind of um, easy to say this, but it's, it's, you have to take it as your own personal level. Like you're taking, you're being your own guide and your own, uh, judge it that way of th- saying like, yeah, you know, I felt a little depressed yesterday. Today I feel a little happier. I'm going to take it f- at that and kind of like see the difference of that and try to build off of that. And I think mm-hmm. it's really hard, especially in our society, because you look at it, all the social media that's out there and the news and whatever. I mean, most of the news, I, I would say, but you look at all the, it, and it looks very positive. You know, it looks like in my opinion, like have you been listening media. to the news? Not the news. That's <laughs> oh, why I said I not like, the news. Like, 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 so, <laughs> like social media stuff. You yeah. Know, where you're like, oh man, these guys seem like they got their shit together and da 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 da. And people kind of really beat themselves up on. But like, you're not really seeing the nitty gritty behind the scenes of everything. Yeah. You know. Right. There are two things that you said there uh, that I want to I want to touch on. One was the. Um, you know, a great way to keep yourself emotionally stable. Don't fucking watch the news. <laughs> it's that easy. Like, right. I'm not even kidding. So my girlfriend hates this. She hates the fact that I have no agenda, no political agenda. I have no political agenda because on the far left, everybody thinks they're right. On the far right, everybody thinks they're right. So it's like, who's wrong, right? Because there is no wrong. Right. Because everybody's right. And so, but I, I mean, there's so many like. I have seen people get so spun out listening to talk radio and I've seen people get so spun out watching the news and just, just become this emotional wreck, you know, because the world's coming to an end. We're all going to die. I mean, have you ever listened to like Rush Limbaugh? That guy, I mean, we're all going to die and we've been all going to dying for the last like 10 years. Right. Um, I didn't even know he was still around. Yeah, the dude's still around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, any, but the the point is, um, one of the best ways to avoid that, to avoid emotional turmoil, is to avoid controversial shit. Like, and you don't even necessarily have. And to it's avoid okay. It. You just you're not it, hiding. You just, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's just you choose not to engage in it because what is me being upset about the state of the country gonna do? Right. Right. Trump said something stupid on Twitter today fucking shocking right like 
It's like, and, and you're surprised. And how does this immediately affect my life? Oh yeah, it doesn't. Right. Um, and so that's the first one that I, I regularly, I do not engage in that shit. I just, I don't fucking do it. I think it's such a waste of time. I got not really a waste of time, a waste of emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing that I think that you really touched on that I work regularly on that I honest to God think is one of the, the cornerstones of my recovery is gratitude. Like what you just said, you stay in the moment and you appreciate the shit that you've got. You got an awesome house, awesome family, good job. You know, you've got in the moment is literally all we have. I mean, we used to, Kevin and I used to go to these meetings with this guy who would always talk about how the, um, the past and the future are make-believe. Like the future is literally a construct of human thought to help protect ourselves from what could potentially happen. Right. But in reality, it's all make-believe. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that we have is this second, this moment right now. This is all we have. And so we spend so much time whining and sniveling about shit that could happen or that has happened, but it literally has nothing to do with living because what we're living is right now. And to be grateful for the fact that we have, you know, we have a cool podcast set up. Right. We have houses we have friends we have people in our lives we have you know we're not getting high that's all shit to be to really be focusing on and then when i can keep my mind there and i can keep my mind and i i I, shit i'm terrible at it but as long i keep pulling my mind back to that to being grateful for what i have then those those shitty emotions uh they don't take over they don't I, i it's so much easier to 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 stay in this moment and to enjoy my life when I can focus on that shit rather than focus on, you know, oh my God, Trump's going to kill America. <laughs> but ultimately, like what you're saying, though, if I'm understanding you is th- and you're putting yourself first. Exactly. You know, yeah. like you're like in for the first time for a long time, I think a lot of addicts and, you know, alcoholics, whatever, anybody, even people depressed, anxiety, overeaters, overspenders, anybody that can recognize what they have done. They're trying to better themselves and they're ultimately putting themselves first and being able to recognize that. Like, for example, for me, I struggled a lot of times of saying like, you know, I've had enough work for today. I can catch up tomorrow. I don't need to stay here for an extra hour and a half. I'm going to go home. I'm so bad at that. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) but it's so hard for people to do. And like, I'm just, I'm like, it's out of my control whatever and like i'm and and it's so much you feel so much better when you actually do it though you start slowly doing it you start noticing you do it more in your life it's like you're kind of building yourself up like a stronger foundation or a base or whatever and i i see you start doing smaller things i'm like a couple of times i've i've gotten uh traveling for work like on my way home i'm thinking well everyone's already home they're already asleep why am I driving so fast to get home? Just slow down, maybe crank on some music and give yourself a little you time. And then like maybe pull over and like the other night this happened, like I literally, there was uh, on one of the signs, there was a freaking owl on the sign. So I just like stopped. It was like 1130 at night and like three people honked at me because I was in their way. But I was like, you know, what? I want to take a picture of this owl. This owl is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, okay. And it's just like putting your self need, self care, self yeah you first and it's you know even if i hopefully i didn't get hit by a car i mean that would have been a really dumb thing but 
it, yeah. it was probably a really cool owl. It's probably I'll show you a picture in a minute. It, <laughs> 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 it scared me. I thought it was fake, and I was like, no, that's an owl. What the hell is that? It's like 11.30 at night, <laughs> and I wasn't drunk. Hey, there you go. Uh, so by, by, you know, for me, by, you know, working my step work and, um, you know, educating myself about, you know, addiction and alcoholism and what that is and what, 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 it, what it means and what it doesn't mean, um, what, uh, you know, how to, how to deal with my emotions um, after I quit drinking, um, those are you know, things that I can do like for, for my sobriety for, and for myself. And, um, I just wanted to point out like, you know, some of the things that, that we do to take care of ourselves say, um, if, if I have a toothache, I need to call a dentist. And I mean that, I mean that very literally. I, I don't know how many people that I've met, including myself, um, through my, uh, my using career, um, had a toothache and like literally ignored it until like my teeth started going bad, you know, and because I didn't take care of myself, you know, uh, I have a, like a horrible toothache, toothache, you know, like where's, where's the, where's the whiskey? That'll, that'll, that'll take care of it. Numb the you know? pain. <laughs> exactly. Until you get to the point where you're on Castaway and where he takes the ice skate or whatever and he knocks his oh, teeth out. Oh, God. Sure. <laughs> but you know, like if I, if I, you know, have an ache that is unbearable instead of like, you know, loading myself up on pain pills, I go see a doctor and I, and I'm responsible, you know, in learning how to take care of myself. That, that also means that if I'm having emotions that are like running awry, um, to the point where I don't think I control, can control them. Not only do I call someone like a good friend or a sponsor or, you know, a, I don't know, a priest or whoever, you know, however you take care of a yourself, rabbi. but you know, that <laughs> I, that I'm also responsible in taking care of myself by calling a therapist, mm. you know, and using a therapist, uh, um, to help me deal with my emotions. That, that's, that's a, a responsible thing for an adult to do. That's what they're there for. A lot of people find therapists too as weakness yeah. almost. Um, I'll be the first one. I'll be the first one to say I've had a therapist since like the first week out of a treatment center. I've con- consistently had a therapist. I think you'd um, be hard pressed to find people like super intelligent people, like doctors and lawyers and astronauts and everything like that, that don't have therapists. Yeah, so well, my, I mean, my the sister, ones. Like, yeah, my, my, <laughs> sis, my sister lives in Manhattan, and she says that uh, you're crazy. People that are crazy are the ones that do not have therapists. Sure. Yeah. She's Absolutely. Like, she's like, it's it's like the city of you know Manhattan just being nutty, crazy. You know, town doesn't sleep stuff, and she's like, yeah, everyone has a therapist. It's like a common thing in this area. Is probably not so much. I think yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you, Zach. Where I think people think of it as a weakness. A lot of people do, you know. But a lot of people think of any self care or uh, problem yeah. that's going on in their life of like a you know a real big issue. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, but we're we got about five minutes left or so. We've actually got like ten minutes over. So yeah. Oh well. It happens um, every single week. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're really over. over. I mean, anyway. Right. So emotions. What can we wrap up with this? Well, what I can wrap up, at least on what I've learned kind of tonight and kind of been processing, is that 
emotions are real. You know, they really are. They're, they're going to happen every single day. It's going to be good or bad. Um, but it's having that level of understanding to be able to set in those moments where you can kind of learn from it and be able to see which direction you want to go with it. And sometimes you might feel like you're going the right way and you're really going the wrong way. Sometimes you're going the wrong way and you actually end up going the right way. And I think the, my biggest thing is, is your emotions are never going to be my emotions. And Kevin's same thing with me too. Like we're never, we might agree of what sadness means or what happiness means, but to us personally, I think it's going to be different. Mm. And I think we really have to learn, uh, which is very hard to be able to gauge that off of yourself and kind of be your own self judge to govern your own self need, your own self care and be able to voice that and communicate that if that's with your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, children, parents, friends, everybody that's around you. I think it's a very healthy approach, even if it could come across rude or not rude or whatever. I don't know. That's, that's really what I've kind of been thinking tonight. So hopefully that makes sense, but that's where I'm, that's my level kind of emotions tonight. Yeah. I kind of, I, on the same wave wavelength as, uh, as Mike, I just, I think that, you should not be afraid to feel your emotions. Um, and I've said before, when when it sucks, just let it suck. Um, I, I think an important thing about how I deal with my emotions is to make sure that I let myself know, um, some by, some, some, sometimes by telling myself out loud that this is going to pass. I'm not going to be stuck in this pit of, this feeling of depression or, um, or sadness or, you know, whatever self ilk I can come up with, um, that it's not going to last and to just let it suck because it's not going to suck forever. Um, it may feel that way at the moment while I'm in it, but it usually just passes like rather quickly, like a wave, you know? And, um, and, you know, maybe, you know, I, I have this, this weird thing where I, in sobriety, I now um, have outbreaks of okayness, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It, things are okay for, like, quite a while, you know, if not just plain good. Um, I'll have, I'll have uh, just, I'll just feel good for, like, weeks sometimes. And then, you know, and then I like have a crash and then I come out of it and I, and I go back, but I, yeah, just, just give yourself a break. You're not just quitting drinking or quitting, quitting drugs or whatever your, your addiction is. Um, you're not just, you're not just quitting that you're changing your whole life, you know? And, uh, so just, just know it'll, it'll pass. What about you, Zach? I would have to say that I have a couple uh, a couple words of advice for for emotions. The first one is there is no shame in living a life that doesn't necessarily avoid them, but av- but avoids situations that will evoke them, um, especially in early recovery, because it is just a known fact that if you're emotional, you're vulnerable and you're that much closer to getting high or drunk. 
Um, and so that's always something to keep in mind is to really pick and choose your battles. If you don't have to push yourself hard, don't push yourself hard. If you don't have to engage in something toxic, don't engage in something toxic. If you don't have to get into something that is going to trigger you, don't engage in it. It's okay. It's not that you're weak. Actually, I would say it's more, you have more self-awareness. It's a stronger trait to have when you can pick and choose what battles you want to engage in, right? There's so many people that just jump right into it face first. And it's like what uh, Kevin said earlier in AA, they have the luxury of doing that, right? They have the luxury of doing that. We addicts don't. Um, and then the last thing that I would, I, I've got to say is a grateful addict will never get high and a grateful alcoholic will never drink as long as you can just stay grateful. Um, gratitude I think is one of the best emotion boosting, uh, depression resistant acts that people can take is just to be grateful, man. And I had to teach myself to be grateful. I remember sitting in the confines of a treatment center and they would say, you know, they would ask me what my goal for the day was. And I, every day for months i'd say attitude of gratitude i'm an attitude of gratitude and i'd go over three or four things that i was grateful for that i wasn't grateful for <laughs> i'd be like i'm grateful for my bed that bed fucking sucked mm -hmm. dude but i was grateful for the fact that i wasn't sleeping on a floor right and after a while it's there became things that i was grateful for and that just in and of itself like changed my whole emotional state of being to where i could i could actually see this light at this end of this at the end of this tunnel because before that it was all darkness i couldn't see fucking anything um and so i'd really have to say and i mean gratitude man grateful alcoholic will never drink grateful addict will never pick up so oh i think that's great i think this the last thing i really kind of i've kind of bypassed over but this one kind of goes out to the parents with children as well and it's simple is uh, I've heard it time and time and again of getting to their level, of going to you know lowering yourself to their level and be able to just sounds really easy, but to listen, mm. you know. And I have I have really have done a lot better with that now that I've had a, a lot of clarity in mind. And I think uh, for the parents out there, that their little kids are telling them something, you know, to really listen to them and get to their level and. I think it really, really helps out their emotions. They're really wondering what they're doing. I mean, my oldest boy asked me because he hit my one child or our other child. I asked him why he didn't. He just said, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, okay, well, let's talk about this. And <laughs> so I, I think it's, but it, walking through and talking through it, I think it, it's a pretty positive thing. So that was the last thing I forgot to share, but it, all the parents out there listen to your children. Nice. Good shit, man. Yeah. All right. Well, we are out of here. We'll catch you guys uh, next week, huh? See Peace. ya.